Hello and welcome to Capacity Reacts, the podcast where we react to the biggest news from across the tech and telecoms landscape. My name is Saf Malik, Senior Reporter at Capacity Media, and we have a super exciting podcast today discussing OpenAI's announcement of Sora, a new text-to-video platform unveiled by the company last week. Firstly, I'd like to introduce Mary Hataja, CEO and co-founder of SciDot, an AI governance platform for safe, ethical and transparent AI. Mary, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, great to be here. Uh, and also joining us today is Matt Aldridge, Principal Solutions Consultant at OpenTech Cybersecurity. Matt, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Seth. Great to be here. Uh, so yeah, Mary, starting with you, what are your kind of thoughts on the AI boom uh, and the development of the technology, especially in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been pretty remarkable, I would say. Um, uh, having worked in AI for roughly 20 years, I think uh, I personally and probably uh, no one has, has, has seen so much happening in this, uh, this space as what we have seen seen in the past uh, one and a half, uh, one, uh, one and a half years um, since the introduction of Midjourney and, and ChatGPT and, and so forth. And the pace seems to be uh, only growing. So, so even the last few days and a and, uh, couple of weeks have been uh, even more pre- uh, remarkable or, or like, you know, a lot of new, new things, new product launches happening. So we are uh, living quite exciting, exciting times. Uh, so in general, I, I'm optimist uh, about AI. I'm really looking looking uh, for all of those interesting uses and like you know good uses of the new technology and and of generative AI as well. But the further we go, I think the pace also starts to worry me uh, a little bit. So so now there is uh, I feel that we're around the times when we've been saying uh, for a long time that let's not regulate AI too early. So I feel that we start to be in the in the moments when we might turn into discussing about how is it possible that we are too late uh, in in governing and regulating uh, these technologies. So very exciting, interesting times. Matt, yeah, same question to you. I mean, AI has just kind of been thrust into the the spotlight, at least the mainstream spotlight with um, ChatGPT. What are your thoughts on the development over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been really great to see the kind of energy going behind the move towards AI. I mean, I, I first started studying AI 30 years ago. And, and at that time, you know, I, I came into it quite optimistically, quite excited. And, you know, when I started to see the actual capabilities at that time, it was quite disappointing. And you know, I ended up just becoming a kind of regular programmer and going off into networking and, and security consultancy and things like that. But then, you know, over time, we found the real uses for machine learning and how that can be transformative in itself. Um, and within our company, we've been using it for for many, many years now to do things like classify malware and uh, to actually classify all the URLs on the internet, for example. So, you know, when you when you get a child protection solution or a security solution protecting users on the web. Um, a lot of that classification has been done automatically using using machine learning technology. So it's been around for a long time and we've kind of got used to a lot of those capabilities and it's, it's only really caught people's imagination when they they start to see that more kind of human-like 
behavior of of these more recent generative AI models like ChatGPT, where where you're starting to actually be able to really interact with the machine on a level that you feel comfortable with. And I think that's what's really starting to transform it. Um, and, and then it's just starting to go to that next level now when we're seeing this generation of, of video content and uh, it, it, that is really capturing everyone's imagination. Mary, I know you had a point. Feel free to jump in. Yeah, I think what Matt just raised, I think it's really something interesting. Uh, when I look at how the market shaped uh, after the release of this, uh, this um, and well, especially ChatGPT, the tool that made AI very tangible for everyone. So, so there is something that I think is something really transformational uh, in this development that we've, we've seen over the past one, of, uh, one and a half years. Earlier, I think one of the main bottlenecks for uh, AI development was the amount of people or like, you know, who were able to innovate, find new uses and, and useful uses for AI in large companies, for example. So now these new tools that we've been able to interface and everyone has been able to try out and, and very tangibly see the capabilities and, and uh, started to innovate around how to take and to use these technologies in my own work or my own uh, situation. Uh, that is one of the really big shifts uh, that we are seeing right now. And I think it's, uh, it's one of the most sort of transformational changes that we've been seeing over the one and a half years, taking away a lot of the bottlenecks that have been in the market, uh, what comes to AI innovation and uh, deployment in a larger scale. Yeah, and we know kind of open AI have been at the forefront of this so-called AI revolution, uh, starting with ChatGPT. Obviously, we know the development of AI has started long before, before that, but open AI recently um, announced the launch of um, their new platform called Sora, which, uh, like I said earlier, is a text-to-video platform. Um, and it's a completely new innovation. It looks phenomenal. And while it's still in development, it hasn't made strides. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, um, on the announcement. When you saw this announcement, what did you think? Matt, we can start with you. Yeah, when it first was announced, obviously, I think probably everyone's reaction has been, wow, firstly, uh, to see the level of quality. So we've had video models around now for a couple of years, and they've been slowly improving, and they have got to a pretty good level. And indeed, some of them can actually convert one video into into a new video. So you can, you can feed video into it uh, along with a prompt and say what you want changing in that video and it will go and you know make improvements or rescale it or add in new components into that video but the quality has always been a little bit lacking up till now so what we're seeing here with Sora is 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 really that kind of next level where we're going almost from kind of uh the old school kind of square black and white tv now you're having that kind of hd color tv moment and you're seeing what these things actually will be capable of doing and and yes it's pre-release at the moment and and for, for good reason um and we can talk about some of the 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 concerns that um uh, are arising there but uh yeah i think it's one of those things we we kind of have known this has been coming uh, for for some time now but it's only when you actually see the results of, of what the technology can do that that you really start to open your mind to what the possibilities are 
Mary, same to you. What was your first thoughts on the announcement? Yeah, same with me. Uh, first thought was absolutely amazing, uh, incredible videos that we saw going around the internet uh, in the first launch and still, still are uh, seeing. But after a few days, the more uh, I think of it, the less excited and more worried I have found becoming uh, thinking about this. So, uh, and, and something that I noticed uh, while looking into this and, and everything that OpenAI has uh, has released about it. By the way, I'm really happy that they decided to go with this phase deployment, so not to open it for everyone, but really open it uh, for a limited number of users uh, initially, so it's uh, still not available for for wider use. I, I think that was uh, absolutely the right decision to, to do. But also I've been surprised how little OpenAI has been actually reporting anything about the non-technical risks uh, related to uh, Sora and, and and their approaches to to mitigating. So clearly, it seems uh, from what we're seeing right now uh, that the technical capabilities are pretty amazing. And and uh, uh, but then there are a lot of questions that uh, they are also quite cautious about commenting. Uh, at this point before getting that feedback and, and wider uh, response to the first uses and, and users who have access to it. Yeah, Mary, you kind of echo kind of what a lot of people are saying within the industry. When the news announced, there was garnering responses um, on LinkedIn and Twitter, and they were saying, this is great, but I mean, it obviously raises some ethical concerns. How concerned should we be in the tech industry about platforms like this and kind of this AI boom is taking us into so many different directions with the release of this platform. Should we be worried moving forward? First time I I, I find myself thinking that, okay, uh, would this be now a good time for that, that, um, that pause, AI pause, or like, you know, taking a little bit slower on this one. But definitely, I think there are way too many open questions regarding the risks and its impact, especially now in the election years. All the questions that we already have related to deep fakes. I think Sora is centrally a deep fake creation uh, platform. Uh, I would love to hear other opinions of that of that one, but I, I think it's not only about persons, but but in general about uh, the world, uh, and it will have a huge impact on our perception about the world around us. So these are huge questions that have very little answers at this point. So I definitely think we should be very concerned right, about what is the right time to actually open it for wider and and uh, have a wider uh, discussion with the policymakers and, and uh, open AI and, and researchers about about these difficult questions. I totally agree there with, with Miri and um, we've been yeah, talking about the threat of impending threat of deep fakes for some time and actually even just recently in the last few weeks we've heard about a successful business email compromise attack effectively that was was enabled by deep fake video so they they invited a financial manager onto a team's call or a, a zoom call i don't know exactly the details um but it was a guy in hong kong they invited him onto onto a call and he, as far as he knew he was having a meeting with his ceo and his colleagues but all of the other people in that meeting had been deep faked and he was completely convinced you know, even though he came into that meeting with suspicions because he'd he'd received an email that he thought was maybe suspicious, once he was on that meeting and he could see those people talking to him, he 
he believed it and he transferred $25 million to the criminals. And so we are now in that era where deepfakes are incredibly dangerous. And like Miri says, tools like this are great enablers. You know, I think they are the dream of people who want to create deepfakes because it just makes their lives that much easier. So that's why OpenAI are being quite responsible and, and they've got a red teams in place that are basically trying to attack their own product before they release it. That's what a, a red team does. It's a it's like a, a resource you bring in or you have in-house and, and their, their job is to try and find the weaknesses and the vulnerabilities in, in the system, a piece of software or a piece of equipment, or in this case, this, this new... A large language model, a large uh, image model or video model, um, and what what they're doing is trying to find ways around the controls that that have been put in place. So uh, OpenAI are you know straight away from the beginning ha have the realization that this could easily be abused. So they want to make sure that copyrighted materials aren't going to be um, brought into the system, that they are not going to be used to do. Um, recreate uh, false images of real people who don't have who haven't consented for that to happen and things like that so there's, there's going to be some time where um, some toing and froing I think between you know people in the red team succeeding to achieve things that shouldn't be allowed or shouldn't the system shouldn't be capable of and then open AI going back and try to fix those and plug those holes but uh, like Miri says we do need that broader conversation to say well, you know, uh, what actually should be allowed with these kinds of systems? What kind of controls should there be in place across the board, no matter who the company is that's that's creating this solution? And we are starting to see, you know, the initial attempts of, of governments around the world to to come together and, and start to put down some regulations about this. Uh, OpenText, uh, my company I work for, we were the first company to sign up to the the agreement in Canada about AI ethics. And so we're absolutely on, on board with that. And uh, it is something that, that we'll need to keep evolving and, and keeping pace with these new developments because you know the last thing anybody wants to do is stifle innovation. But at the same time, uh, there's 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 you know huge kind of safety and security implications that we need to cover off as well. By the way, talking about these policies and regulations, I, I suspect the approach and the deployment might be result, uh, or at least it's it's very much in line with the voluntary AI commitments uh, that uh, White House did with these uh, large AI labs uh, who are um, developing these these models like OpenAI, and and there was this red teaming uh, as one of the first first commitments to to do so. Uh, so good to see that uh, it seems to be working. Uh, at least in in this case, now what we have heard about Sora, what I'm happy is that in in EU we we are also seeing seeing response to also something that concerns uh, Sora or deepfakes uh, in general and and these general purpose systems and models that Sora also uh, are going to be regulated with the EU's AI Act specifically and and there will be there will be a, a lot of uh, very meaningful requirements for open AI and other other providers of these models, but also requirements to, for example, disclose specifically any defake type of content so that 
people who are using or consuming this kind of content know that uh, it's deep fake. But definitely, I think uh, the whole question of how to regulate, how to govern deep fake and, and these kind of systems uh, is something that we need to continue developing and having more discussions. Uh, we learn all the time so much new about these systems and their capabilities that the regulation and all governance needs to really go hand in hand and, and, and be interrogated as we learn more. Yeah, very interesting points there surrounding regulation. Um, and it's going to be a topic to to watch out for moving forward. We know that businesses are already using AI, um, but of course the technology is still developing and developing rapidly. Uh, what do you think are some of the best practices uh, and guidance for companies planning to use tools like Sora? Uh, Matt, we can start with you for this one. Yeah, I'd say first of all, make sure you have a policy in place. Um, so a policy of giving guidelines to your employees and contractors to say what they can and cannot do with these types of technologies. So that, that does need some research and, and some time taken to, to uh, uh, come up with what that should look like, specifically framed for your organization. And it is important that, you know, some, some organizations or businesses will need a bit more flexibility and may, maybe take slightly higher risk approach to achieve their goals. Um, but they, they need to do that with with kind of awareness ahead of time. And and then others will need to take a much more cautious and, and slow approach to adoption because of the perhaps sensitive nature of what they're doing. Uh, the key things are to ensure that any, any intellectual property or um, personally identifiable information is protected and that it isn't fed into public systems in a way that it could become effectively training data for those kinds of systems, or, or that it could be, be effectively um, make that data vulnerable to, to different kinds of attack. So yes, definitely being um, uh, proactive about having policies and, and getting those right uh, before you, you jump head, head first into, into using the, these new uh, generative AI systems. Mary, over to you. What do you think businesses can do to to stay safe using AI? Yeah, completely uh, agree with Matt on the on the first uh, point. So that's what we are typically starting with uh, in these situations with companies to put in place really a clear policy that uh, gives direction of what the enterprise or company uh, how do they use uh, AI in a responsible way and and not only use but also develop uh, new applications, AI-based applications. So I would start also uh, from the policy. Many companies might have that already. Then it's really uh, practically about operationalizing that policy. Uh, now, at this point of time, when we're seeing a lot of new policy initiatives and, and regulations coming up and actually starting to influence the market, it's really critical to look at your whole AI portfolio, the tools that you have built yourself or taken into use from third parties and do that inventory, understand how do these different use cases interface or relate to different regulations and, and see, for example, are some of those those use cases even prohibited or not allowed in uh, in some of the regulations. So this inventorying the uses uh, and the plant uses is really important to gain that visibility into the plants and, and establish a ground for good systematic governance. And then uh, I, I would really, really uh, encourage putting in place a clear governance that 
have to include risk management, identifying what are really the risks in my context of using Sora or any other generative AI uh, tools, have evaluations, use evaluations to understand the scale of the risk, uh, not only understand the capabilities of these systems, but also the different safety aspects, biases, uh, toxic content generation, uh, and so forth. And, and based on that one, uh, start identifying what are the ways to mitigate and treat these uh, risks in a way that, uh, that uh, we can hopefully then uh, manage the risk in a sufficient level to be able to take the use cases or, or AI systems into into practical into use. But uh, I can't um, highlight enough the in, in importance of risk management and tying systematic evaluations of the capabilities and safety aspects of these models. Last point I would raise is really the third party perspective. Uh, there are huge dependencies that uh, a lot of companies and organizations are uh, building while taking into use uh, third parties pre-trained models. So make sure that you pay attention to uh, the third party rela uh, relations and third party risks, uh, understand the terms, uh, conditions that come with the models and uh, are able to uh, really follow, follow the uh, performance, understand how the systems develop uh, models, capabilities and performance develop over time and also comply with those requirements that are coming from the contracts with this third party. So, so that would be my recipe for, for uh, taking to Sora or any other generative AI system. Guys, I know we've spoken a lot about the risks and the ethics, but we should still be excited about AI, right? Mary, starting with you. Yeah, that, that's still, still the, um, still the mood that I also, also have. So, so I think it's, uh, and in all of this discussion, it's it's really becoming very clear that uh, as as a technology, it's not it's not good or bad, but it's it's really about how do we use it, and if we use it in a in a good way, uh, actually see the impacts and and mitigate the risks related to these these new uh, uh, systems and technologies. Uh, yeah, we we should be excited about it. And Matt, your thoughts, excitement levels moving forward. Yeah, it's a super exciting time. It's a great time to to be enjoying technology, but of course we have to uh, take a step back and and make sure we're not uh, jumping in headfirst to something that's going to cause cause big problems. So yeah, getting getting that balance is is absolutely key. It's interesting looking back. I mean, twenty twenty one PwC came out with a report saying that within within uh, 20 within 20 years almost a third of jobs in the UK will have been automated through technology like this so now is the time to start thinking about uh, understanding the technology looking at how it can give you opportunities rather than take them away from you and uh, really try and try and kind of ride ride the wave as best as you can, um, because the uh, the nature of work really is going to change quite dramatically. So 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 you know now is the time to start taking again a, a real appreciation for for what how this stuff works to an extent, to how it can be best used, and and coming up with with, with, with views on on what's going to be coming up over the next the next few years. Uh, already we see. Um, almost half of 
of office workers in the UK are using generative AI at least once once in their working week, um, and and uh, one in five are actually using it daily. So it's already had a great, you know a huge transformational effect on how people do their jobs on a daily basis, and this is really only just the beginning. So uh, yes, super exciting, but also you know time to take stock and 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 prepare for what's coming. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where we are. We might have to revisit this podcast in a year's time to see how it's developed. Um, but guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate the time. Thanks so Thank much. You. It's been, been great to be here. Cheers. Cheers.